CEO.com has an app on Apple TV, Amazon Fire, iOS, Android, and Roku. Download our app on whatever platform you like for exclusive content and other things you won't want to miss. It's free. And it's good for you. And it's free. Go to CEO.com and hit the subscribe tab for more information. Okay. Let's start this. The first CEO.com show. You are looking a live on a Monday. Boy, is it Monday. Boy, are you alive. My name is Clint Betts, and this is CEO.com. The United States Senate is trying to pass an infrastructure bill. It seems, according to the news, we're told to trust the news, we'll see, it seems to have some bipartisan support. That's what they tell us. There's bipartisan support for this infrastructure bill. Oddly, because nothing politicians do makes any sense whatsoever, they've added a provision about cryptocurrency and how it should be regulated moving forward. It's worth repeating. In this bill about improving roads and bridges and other infrastructure in our country, meaning the United States, it will this bill will also change how cryptocurrency is regulated. Here's what Senator Ted Cruz had to say about this whole thing. He says the infrastructure deal contains dangerous, dangerous in all caps. That's how you know he's serious. Dangerous provisions that would devastate crypto and blockchain innovation. That's Senator Ted Cruz. He also tweeted that he doesn't think there are five senators who know anything about cryptocurrency. I don't think there's one senator who knows anything about cryptocurrency. Ted Cruz is an interesting politician. He's got that beard now. He endorsed the guy who said that his father may have killed John F. Kennedy Jr. while he's president. And it appears that Ted Cruz, this beard guy, and the guy who endorsed the guy who said his dad may have killed JFK, it appears he's right about the crypto provision. Some of the biggest names in tech are speaking out against this crypto provision. It's worth noting, Elon Musk, who may be crypto's biggest advocate, seems like he can change the price of a Bitcoin or Dogecoin with a single tweet. He called the legislation hasty. Hasty. Elon Musk said hasty, according to something I read. Uh, Jack Dorsey... He said some things about it too. He's Twitter CEO and he always spends like a week getting eaten by mosquitoes every year. That's like his main thing. That's the main thing I know Jack Dorsey, know about Jack Dorsey. One of the largest and most prominent venture firms in Silicon Valley, Andreessen Horowitz, founded by Mike Andreessen, Mark Andreessen and Ben Horowitz, had this to say about the legislation. They said, 
if the last-minute amendment to the infrastructure bill introduced by Senator Warren passes, it will be a stunning loss for America and our ability to remain the innovation epicenter of the world. All right. Andreessen Horowitz, some spokesperson from there. Abraham Sutherland from stakingtax.com wrote an in-depth piece on Medium about what's happening. I'd never heard of Abraham Sutherland. I'd never heard of stakingtax.com, but this is the best piece I've read on this topic so far. He wrote, in a broad range of situations, the proposal would require Americans to collect and report to the government the social security number of persons from whom they receive digital forms of monetary value, social security numbers. You'd also have to get the payer's name, birthday, address, profession, and reason for the transaction. He says it does this by adopting wholesale the reporting regime that applies to the in-person receipt of large amounts of physical currency. So think about this. He continues, he says, the proposal would impose onerous surveillance and reporting duties duties on all Americans with fines or prison for those who fail or perhaps are unable to comply. And he says it's not really cash that's being regulated. It's people. I highly recommend people read this piece. We'll link to it in today's show notes. I find the whole thing fascinating. What's go, What this Abraham Sutherland uh, piece, it's about 13 minutes. Medium says it's a 13-minute read. Published on Medium. It'll be in our show notes. Make sure you check it out. Senator Rob Portman, who's been in the middle of this thing, he's that guy from Ohio. He made a statement on the Senate floor yesterday regarding some of the uproar that's happening as a result of this provision that they're putting into an infrastructure bill. Here's Senator Rob Portman on the Senate floor. The concern has been expressed that some in the cryptocurrency industry who are not brokers could be inadvertently caught up in this definition. The Treasury Department, the nonpartisan congressional Joint Committee on Taxation and others believe that the current language is clear and that the reporting requirements only covers brokers. But my view is that we should work to clarify this given the potential for confusion on, a, on an extremely important issue. In particular, we want to be sure miners and stakers and others now or in the future who play a key role by validating transactions or sellers of hardware or software for digital wallets or node operators or others who are not brokers are clearly exempted. While it's not the intent of the underlying bill to include them, I believe we can do more to make this clear. That was Rob Portman from Ohio, Senator from Ohio. We'll continue to follow the story and see how it plays out. We've actually reached out, CEO.com, by we I mean CEO.com. We've reached out to the offices of Senator Cruz, Senator Portman, who you just saw, the Ohio guy, Senator Wyden, and Senator Warner to come on the show to give us their view of things from the political side. We've reached out to them. We've reached out to their offices. CEO.com. We'll see what they say. We've also reached out to a number of leaders in the crypto community, and we'll for sure get them. We'll be on the show this week. We'll get their perspective. Hopefully, we can also get this 
Abraham Sutherland guy on the show. I thought his piece was great. Very thorough, very well thought out. Again, check out the show notes. That's where Abraham's piece will be. Anyway, let's move on. Big deal. This incredible deal has happened. DraftKings has acquired Golden Nugget Online Gaming. This really is a big deal. Uh, they purchased Golden Nugget Online Gaming in an all-stock acquisition for $1.56 billion. According to a write-up by Darren Ravel at Action Network. Darren Ravel's that. He used to be on CNBC and he did something really weird on there. Um, uh, according to this Darren Ravel character at Action Network, which is a great website, by the way, uh, DraftKings CEO Jason Robbins said on a conference call that Golden Nugget has a more mature iGaming customer and a base that skews more female than DraftKings' current demographic, meaning there's not much overlap in the acquisition. He says this uh, DraftKings CEO character, this Jason Robbins, says that the Golden Nugget has a more mature customer and a base that skews more female than DraftKings. That's what he said. This, uh, uh, the person who owns the golden nugget online or at least you two used to and i guess still does until this deal goes through that's tillman ferrita he's the owner of the houston rockets he said DraftKings is the coca-cola of this industry tillman ferrita the houston rockets owner so he owns the golden nugget also owns the Houston rocket ferrita pushed for the state of texas on this conference call to legalize gambling and the deal will also make it possible for the Golden Nugget to take sports bets on the Rockets, which they previously couldn't do because he owned the whole thing. And now they can because he won't. Sports gambling is a giant industry, as you know. You don't need to hear me say that. Seems still seems to be checking out. I'd imagine we'll see a lot more of these consolidations as the market continues to grow and more states make it legal. All states should make it legal, honestly. It's way fun. Let's move on. Amazon sellers will find you. That's according to the Wall Street Journal, who published an interesting story about Amazon sellers giving people full refunds or gift cards if they'll take down their negative reviews. This feels like, to me, an incentive to give a negative review. You'll get the thing for free and you may get a gift card. It's very interesting. What's weird about this story, according to the Wall Street Journal, is how sellers are even able to get the personal information of their buyers. Information like emails, phone numbers, and things of that nature. They're not supposed to have that. Other than that, I'm not sure how I feel about negative reviews. Think about this. Negative reviews can kill a business. Destroy them. If you get a negative review, that could be devastating to your business. But also, if you are sold something that's a piece of crap and you don't like, what are you supposed to do? What recourse do you have in today's society? These are the things we have to think about in the modern age. Should you leave a negative review? Should you not leave a negative review? It's all very interesting. You should read the Wall Street Journal story that I just mentioned. We'll put it in the show notes. So apparently, some of these sellers 
are giving full refunds or gift cards if people will take down their negative reviews, which is odd because they shouldn't have that information to begin with. All right, next story, uh, which I find interesting, given all sorts of things. One, McDonald's is a wonderful fast food restaurant. I love McDonald's. I grew up on McDonald's. According to, I think, I think the Wall Street Journal, again, they're running out of paper bags, bags to put the food in. And this is in part because of an overall supply chain crunch and worker shortages that so many businesses are experiencing right now. This is not uncommon. A lot of American businesses are grappling with it, including the most prominent and profitable restaurant in the history of the United States, McDonald's. McDonald's prices, according to this article, have gone up 6% from last year because of all of this. This may seem like a small thing, but it's not. This points to a much larger issue, which is supply chains are drying up and companies can't find workers. That seems like a problem moving forward. All right. Next story, COVID-19 has come out with a sequel. That's what I came up with for the headline there. Weekly cases are going up. There were more than 750,000 people in the United States who contracted COVID-19 last week. And those are just the people that have been tested. And think about this. If, you've, or if you had the vaccine, you don't get tested, which is really interesting, at least not in a lot of states as far as I understand it. So cases are going up even as vaccination rates are going up. How companies and leaders should respond to this is actually quite fascinating. Think about this. How should you as a company or you as a leader respond to this? There was this guy in the Wall Street Journal who wrote an op-ed saying he was suing his employer for mandating a vaccine. A really fascinating thing. In America, we seem to value freedom. We don't seem to, we do. And getting vaccinated appears to be the right move for the vast majority of people. But, it's also not clear about the legality of companies mandating vaccines, and it's clear what would happen if the government mandated, mandated vaccines. I think you'd see a revolt. I'm not sure that we want to set a precedence where the government can stick a shot, shot in your arm. It can like force you to stick a shot in your arm. I don't know. I think that's kind of interesting. Um, so we'll see. Read the Wall Street Journal piece. We'll put it in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to CEO.com. Today is pretty special. Still getting our sea legs here, but we're rolling out the new and improved CEO.com. This show will air live Monday through Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Stories will be published every day on CEO.com. We've got podcasts. We've got events. And a whole bunch of other stuff happening. Make sure you check it out. Go to CEO.com and subscribe. And we have an app. You can find it on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, iOS, Android. Pick your platform. Whichever platform you like. We don't care. CEO.com has an app. I'm sure this show will evolve. We'll definitely have guests. It won't always just be me talking to you. And I, if you want to be on this show, email me at Clint at CEO.com. And we'll see what we can do. Uh, finally, you'll find two things.
published on CEO.com today. One is a more in-depth look at this crypto legislation and some of the stories we've talked about on this show. And the other is a poem I wrote about a newsman. As CEO.com embarks on this journalistic journey, I felt it was appropriate for me to express how I felt or how I feel about people who put on ties and pretend to speak for you. I don't speak for you. I promise you that. I'm not a newsman. We'll just try to give you context. We'll try to conduct some interesting interviews. We'll try to put on some interesting events. And we'll definitely try to make some boat, uh, some jokes. We'll see how it happens. You can decide what to believe or what not to believe on your own. You definitely shouldn't live your life, is what I'm saying, based on what I tell you. That makes no sense. What I hope we accomplish is just adding to your perspective. We hope to explore subjects and leaders without agenda or prejudice. We'll see how we do. I have no idea. So check out the news minutes on CEO.com. You can read it there. It's a poem. I wrote it. I don't know why. That's it for today. Tomorrow, we'll be going deep on a major breaking story that only we have. You don't want to miss it. Signing off for now, my name is Clint Betts, and this is CEO.com.